Hey everybody, you are listening to Rated M for McPhail. I'm Audrey. I'm Erin. And today we're going to be talking about um, a movie from 1985, a super random, I would say one of the most forgotten movies of the, the 80s, whether or not that is for good reason, we will get to, um, and that is The Legend of Billie Jean. So I saw this movie when I was a kid, I think it aired on TV like a couple times, and I really liked it as a kid. I only saw it a few times, and then it just like disappeared again into the ether. And every once in a while I think about it, and I'm just like, huh, Billie Jean, yeah. And so I thought it would be an interesting movie to to talk about for a lot of reasons. Um, so yeah, that's why I brought it to, to the pod to discuss. Uh, yeah, I have never seen it, had never heard of it, thought it was about Billie Jean King. It's not. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert: it's it's not about Billie Jean King. <laughs> not about Billie um, Jean, the Michael Jackson song. Um, nope. So totally different. The Billie third Jean. most well-known Billie Jean, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 probably <laughs> accurate. Um, so, so yeah, the legend of Billie Jean. It's um, Helen Slater slash Christian Slater. No relation though. This is Helen Slater's, I think, first movie after doing. Supergirl. Mm-hmm. This is the movie that came out after that. It also has um, Lisa Simpson in it, which is weird. And her role is a pretty weird role. Like, uh, probably one of the most bizarre elements of a very bizarre movie. Very weird and, like, kind of bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. I, I also think she was um, not 14-ish <laughs> when she made this movie. I feel like she was in her early 20s. <laughs> So it's, and that works in, in cartoon land where you're not actually seeing her, but like you look at her and you're like, who is this person? What's happening? So crazy movie. Wild, wild ride. A lot of stuff happens. Not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting something like silly. I mean, it is silly, but it's also very dark. And I, I feel like I just wasn't expecting the dark part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so so the legend of Billie Jean um, takes place in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, it's pretty fun to watch all of the predominantly New York-based cast give their the old college try at the Texan accent. Um, yeah, a lot of spotty accents. I feel like somebody yeah, in the movie, I forget who, but it definitely sounded more like Eastern, Southern, like Louisiana or like Arkansas. It definitely wasn't like Texas. yeah. So right off the bat, there's that, <laughs> that element Just where the literally no one can do a Southern accent or Underbelly accent. of America. Um, is it bad that, like, I was like, oh, this is, like, Trump voters? <laughs> yeah, I wrote um, there are a lot of future Trump voters in this movie. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, so it's in, it's in Corpus Christi. They're all, like, kind of people who live in the trailer park and they're just sort of like getting by and they're a bunch of teenagers and Christian Slater who tiny gonna, baby yeah hot take um not one of his best performances yeah so, <laughs> I would agree with that um he's obsessed with his little like scooter thing and yeah his sister is pretty much sexually harassed slash assaulted by like every person in every town. dude that is in this movie Pretty much. But specifically, or at the beginning of the movie, what's his name? Hobie? Like, some stupid Texan name. Hubie, I no think. No offense. Hubie. No, there's right. a lot of dumb names in this movie. Banks? Banks? Which just makes me think of Hocus Pocus. Agreed, yep. Um, yep. Hubie, Lloyd, Putter, K. 
Kenny. They got a lot of weird names. Yeah, a lot of Billie weird Jean names going on. Is a weird name. Yeah, yeah. Billie Jean Davy. Um, specifically by Hubie, um, who sexually harasses Billie Jean, um, steals Christian Slater slash Binks's bike, and then beats the shit out of Binks. Um, and like trashes the bike. So he's not like a great person. Um but then no. Billie Jean decides that she's gonna like go out on a limb for her brother and like show up at Hubie's dad's store and demand the six hundred and eight dollars. Um the reason why we can remember that figure that it's exactly six hundred and eight dollars <laughs> um becomes apparent. Keeps, throughout com- the keeps film. coming up. They keep repeating it. They keep it demanding a- it. Yep. Um It's easy to remember too because it's so specific. Yeah. And so she's there, and things do not go the way that she's anticipating, in that Hubie's dad tries to rape her a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty messed up. It goes sort of from, you know, these teen kids, like, on a, you know, wild adventure to a really, really dark place, like... In a, in a split second, kind yeah, of? Like, yeah. You in think the beginning, it's be like I wrote a madcap adventure. Yeah, my my notes are like, haha, like movie bullies, like they're so silly. Like there aren't there aren't really movies where like like they're just mean kids and that they're the bullies and like whatever, and they like beat each other up. Like I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. And then it was like hard left into, you know, potential assault and uh, class disparity. Mm. and being falsely yeah. accused of a crime you didn't commit and guns so a lot, yes. a lot to unpack so hubie's dad um like takes her upstairs and says um that he tries to give her like 50 dollars, and then says like i'll give you this now every time you come back and like i don't know have sex with me or whatever like i'll give you a little bit more money and then when she's like, no, I don't want to do that, he sort of gets a little, like, forceful. It's not great. And um, her brother and their friend are downstairs. And Ophelia, Christian Slater finds, like, dungeon. a gun in the in the cash register and is just, like, playing with it. Yeah, And smart. so, like, long story short, Hubie's dad ends up getting shot in the shoulder region. And all of a sudden they're on the run because they have shot somebody and... Okay, supposedly like they, robbed the store. Before they go on the run, they go back to their home, which is like the first rule that you don't do when you're running yeah. from the cops is go to the place where you used to live. Like, I mean, I guess it's Texas and it's a small town, so it's not like there's like the FBI coming in yet. But um, they should they should have just gone, <laughs> like yeah. anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, they should they should go immediately. And there's also a weird moment where she's telling her friend to to like, or her friend is trying to stop to get more gas. Oh, Ophelia. And she's just like, what? Ophelia is the other friend. Ophelia, right? dumb yes. name. She ends up like trying to stop for gas, and Billie Jean's just like, no, we can't stop, we can't stop, we have to keep going. But then I feel like they just end up going back to their house yeah. for a little while, and then they have to get Potter. Yeah, they for some reason, need to get Potter, <laughs> this very strange teenage girl who is, like, obsessed with candy. Her mom is, like, Like, beats violently. her low-key? Yeah. It's... Yeah, very weird. They don't really want her there. She wants to be there, but also doesn't want to be there. Like, there's a lot of mixed messages. She doesn't really have a purpose in the story. Like, at least no. the other friend, that's her car, so it makes sense why she would go, but... Yeah, she's the getaway driver. Putter's and just kind of Putter there. was... <laughs> was not involved in the crime at all 
and she just heard it's about just it. Sort of like, no, I'm bored. I want to go. Yeah. And so they're just like, yeah, go on the lamb with us. But one of the things that I was thinking about, bef- like to rewind a little bit before the whole robbery, shooting, rape scenario <laughs> occurs, she goes to the police to be like, they have my brother's bike. Like, what are you going to do about it? And he's just like, the police officer tells her, oh, he stole your brother's bike, probably just to get your attention. And that's kind of infuriating uh, for yep. the police officer to just be like, ha boys will be boys, you know? Yeah, to just what are you be do a little uh, a, a woman's concern <laughs> and be like, oh, it's, yeah. but it's because you're a girl, see? It's, that's the only reason why he's being mean. And there's nothing you can do about it, so tough. You're just a pretty girl and you just have to deal with it. And that's, I guess, so, the side effect. Sorry, that's life. But I, I do really like the fact that immediately after the crime happens, when the police are there, he, like, they identify who it was, that it was Billie Jean and her brother, and he takes kind of responsibility for it, and he's just, like, he realizes that he kind of fucked it up by not taking her seriously when she first came to him. Yeah, yeah. And so I appreciate that, that, like, he recognized, like, he's I could like, have oh, stopped I fucked this. Up. Yeah. Yeah. The cop also has, um, like, Matthew McConaughey's voice, or, um, Josh Lucas. He kind of reminded me of the combo of the two of them. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that, definitely. They pretty much spend the... It's not, like, a a complicated film. No, it's <laughs> like just, like, story. they're on the run. They go from, from one place to another. They stop at a mall. They go to that the, this kid's house. Um, oh, Hubie's dad, like, reminds me of a, like, character that Jack Black would play in a movie, but, like, a, a funny version. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he was just, like, very cartoonish and just, like, bad and, and like, terrible and had no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, just, like, the worst person. Yeah. 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 So they spend pretty much the rest of the movie on the run. They're kind of hiding out, but also, like, in plain sight. Like, they make no effort to hide. Like, celebrities and people are coming up to them being like, are you Billie Jean? Like, oh, wow. Like, you're the greatest. Yeah. And so our... Texas cops, like, just so inept that they're missing all these, like, random, like, forays into town for the Billie Jean gang. Yeah. And they're instantly recognizable to everyone, yet they apparently cannot be caught. And they're so, not even that going that far. Like, they don't have that much gas, so they're just pretty much staying in their town. Yeah. Yeah. They're... Yeah. So, the first, like, they escape... And then they go to Lloyd's house. They they break into this, like, rich person's house, and they're, like, eating all the food. They don't think anyone's there. But, but there, there is someone there. There's a weirdo who hides out in a mask for a really long time. <laughs> and then she's like, you're weird. <laughs> yeah, that's Lloyd. And that's her meat cute. It was, yeah, it was. Um, And I'm not gonna lie, like, when I was a kid... <laughs> The idea of, like, this rich kid with, like, a ton of film equipment and a flair for the dramatic and a slide that went, like, directly oh, from his window to the pool. that slide is so cool. I, yeah, that's, like, the dream. That was the dream when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, he is pretty cute. And he helps them and doesn't kick them out. So that was not. I mean, but, I, but he also was kind of, like, you're really pretty, like, to Billie Jean, like, instantly. Yeah, he, he starts off by, like, 
you know, just being like, you're Billie Jean, like he immediately knows who she is. And then for the first half of his screen time, I feel like every line that he delivers is like trying to be seductive. Yeah, but he's a dork, so it doesn't really work. Yeah, he's just like, you're just this weird little like film geek with asthma. So maybe just like cool it. Just cool, cool your jets there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like the part when they're at his house and they're watching um, the Joan of Arc movie. Yeah. And she like <laughs> pulls inspiration from Joan of Arc because she's just like, because they're seeing just all like the news me. footage where they're being accused of like every crime in all of Texas. Yeah, people are and just making And she feels like she's up. being persecuted. Yeah. She cuts off all her hair. I love a good dramatic hair cutting scene in movies. Although we didn't really see it. We saw, like, her get the scissors, but we didn't see, like, a Mulan-style kind of just cut. No, we um, didn't. We, we missed out on that. So I'm sad about that. Uh, slide to pool is dope. I'm just looking at my notes. I like that Lloyd also, everyone just wants to be, like, on the run with them. When they're not in a good situation. Like, when Lloyd's like, oh, I'll be the hostage. Like, you don't have anything to barter with. You don't have anything they want. Yeah, he literally, like, brings rope, like, ties himself up, and then slaps, like, tape over his mouth. He's like, come on, and see, just, I'm ready to go. Yeah, like, let's do this. Um, and I like the enthusiasm. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I um, respect it, but it seems like, just just help them and then let them go. Like, it's only gonna hurt you in the long run, and you might get shot like somebody we know does get yeah, shot. Yeah, and also, like, and if you're introducing an element of hostage-taking into this, like, the crimes that they're going to be accused of yeah. and arrested for are much higher than they were already. Yeah. So, um, but I like the whole scene. I like the scene where they're recording the video and she's being all tough and... It's a good look. She has a cool outfit. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun um, <laughs> in, like, a very dark way. And I, I feel like it's really interesting to me because this movie was made in 1985, but it's sort of, it's like a proto-social justice movement yes. type thing where, oh, like, the video percent. goes viral. Yeah. And, um... And all the other people dress up as her and it's, like, an I'm Spartacus situation. Yeah. And the... Like, the, the little, like, tiny thing that she's trying to fight for ends up, like, taking on a life of its own and, like, getting away from her. And um, I think it's just a really, like, interesting thing that is, you know, I, like, we can argue, like, how well it's pulled off, but I think <laughs> it it's it's just interesting and, like, how it, like, watching it today. Yeah, it's you know. funny that it's, like, I'm all, like, picking up steam to become, like, nationally covered and it's on like every channel and they're on every newspaper and it kind of just blows up over over just a little just a little scooter um i mean but fair is fair fair is fair is a good slogan that's catchy so i get it from, yeah. from a messaging standpoint that works yeah i like that um i do think i will say this in the video it might have behooved Billie jean <laughs> to include in the video like parts about how like, oh, he tried to sexually assault me, and we didn't really shoot him. It was an accident. He said the gun wasn't loaded. And I mean, I know that's, like, blurring the messaging a little bit, but, like, I feel like those are the key factors. Right. In- I feel like she, like, eschews any notion of setting the record straight after, like, she gets accused of all these other crimes. She's kind of just like, well, everyone else is lying, so I'm not gonna, what's the point of me actually trying to tell what happened? We just want what we want. She just, like, yeah. decides to give that up and is like, well, this is how it's going to be. Yeah, it's just, it's, like, crazy because 
she starts the video by saying, like, I'm Billie Jean and I'm here to set the record straight. And then she, like, absolutely doesn't. She yeah. just, like, she's just like, like, we want the money. We Give want us the money. money. That's all we want. Um, and then she also, like, saves another kid from domestic abuse. So she's, like, a crusader <laughs> for for the people. That I was like, okay, what? What? That scene, more than anything else in the movie, like, definitely shouldn't have been in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, that whole side plot. I'm like, okay, I know what you're trying to do. Like, but we've but... already gotten to know that she's a good person. Like, we know that she is trying to do stuff for her brother and she's trying to protect her friends and she wants what's right. Like, we, that's the whole thing. We don't need another example of her, like, doing the right thing. Yeah. And if that had been shown in some way to the people within the film, like, if, if like, the cop had seen her doing this or like someone else who had influence saw her being a good person like maybe but if you're just showing it to us the audience like we already know like we've been here the whole time we know she didn't really shoot anybody we know she didn't really rob anybody and it didn't really do any good because that immediately after that is when those people are like "Ooh, ten thousand dollars and the guy just starts like shooting at their car yeah and then the the most awkward scene i will say arguably in all of cinema uh-huh. Is, um... <laughs> I think I know what it is. Yeah, uh, it's Putter, like, getting shot. Oh, wait, no, she's not shot. She just got her period for the first time, and everybody is, Everyone like, is thrilled about this, like, moment of like, womanhood. Thrilled, and she's like, finally! And it's like, okay. What? But... It, it also, like, this isn't really, like... I mean, I guess it's kind of a com- coming-of-age story, but it just has nothing to do with the plot. It doesn't give Putter anything as a character. Like, she's already so terrible this kind of is just like okay do we need this so definitely weird and it's like it's not a throwaway moment they like it it lingers into like another scene yeah it's long it's like a it's, long it's acknowledgement. Ex- i mean i guess it's like a funny gag of like oh you know blood is getting it? shot. <laughs> also i'm pretty sure you can tell where blood is coming from i mean <laughs> yeah one would hope that Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Twitter fans, if you can um, think of any more awkward scenes in film than this one, like, I'd love to hear it because I don't think one exists. I I would agree with that, I think. Um, So I guess she gets her period and then they're like, this is also what I don't get. That Hubie's dad has like licensed Billie Jean's image and is selling merchandise like about her making a profit even though he's the one that has caused the problem of the whole movie. Like, this should make him look a thousand percent guilty of everything Billy Jean is, like, accusing him of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I also was, like, questioning where he got all these, like, the, like saucy images of her getting out of, of the her. water. Yeah. I don't like, know. Like, what's happening? And how is that, <laughs> how is that allowed? She's, she's a teen. She's, like, a minor. It shouldn't yeah, be she's allowed. probably a minor. I don't think you're allowed to use another person's image without their permission, eh? Not to sell stuff, yeah. Yeah. So then they go to, like, the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. So then there's finally this whole big thing where, like, Billie Jean's gonna show up and, like, bring the hostage in, bring Lloyd the hostage in, and everybody's at the beach because, like, all the fans want to see her and then Lloyd's dad who's like a district attorney is there and he's brought in like a bunch of sharpshooters which just like uh-oh elevating the tension. situation yeah they finally have her like coming over the hill and it's it's like 
the silhouette of Billie Jean and Lloyd like coming forward. It turns out that it's not really Billie Jean. It's Christian Slater in a dress and Hubie points it out and it's just like, that's not her. That's her brother. And then Christian Slater, of course, still has his stupid fake gun because like, like that's not going to introduce more chaos into the situation. That gag only worked once. Like you do it once and then you're done. You have to get a real one next. Like you have to up the stakes. (laughs) Yeah, like, at any rate, he shouldn't have had a gun because then there's all the sharpshooters and they see him with a gun and then they shoot him. And so Binks is shot. Um, I kind of don't blame the sh- the sharpshooters because he's not a good character slash Christian Slater's performance is not great. Um, yeah, how old is he? Like, 13? Um, Christian Slater was 15 when he made this movie. Mm. So he's, like, a super little guy. Like, he was still taking classes on set when they made this. It's wild. Putter is, uh, I think, like five or six years older than him, so <laughs> it's oh, fine. I love that. I love those good old 80s, not actual teens in teen movies. And then it's so jarring when there is an actual teen yeah. playing, like, older than yeah. the non-teen. It's <laughs> it's bizarre. Oh, oh, and then she, Billie Jean, gets the opportunity to face her attacker slash the person who's basically ruined her life. But nobody else knows about it still. Like, and he's clearly making, like, gross comments to her. And everybody's just, like, fine with it. Just letting it happen. So is that just, like, sort of standard operating procedure for, like, kind of a middle-aged man the way that everyone just assumes he's going to talk to, you know, a pretty blonde 18-year-old girl? Is that just, like, everyone's cool with that? Or are we supposed to assume that they, like, they don't hear it or they don't see it? Yeah, I don't... Or they're not aware of it? I don't know. It's... I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> A lot of questions. I think we're meant to assume that nobody else hears it, but, like, he's speaking loudly and they're surrounded by people. I like that she gets the chance to confront him. I like that she doesn't take his money, that she, like, throws it back at him and then, like, burns everything to the ground, <laughs> literally. Yeah, that um, nice Joan of Arc imagery coming back. Because in case you were worried, I mean, but, I, Joan but, of Arc. but do you get it? Because it's it's Joan of Arc. She is and then Joan of Arc. Literally, the huge statue of her burning. I also really like that they use Invincible in this in this movie because it was like written for this movie. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. And, um, they also use um, Rebel Yell. It's a good it's a good soundtrack. Um, also, fun fact: Pat Benatar, like when she would do concerts before she did Invincible, she'd be like, this is that song from the worst movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a fun fact about about Pat Benatar. And that's pretty much it. I mean, like, it's 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 a it's super straightforward it's, movie. It's a quick, oh, yeah, and then they go to Vermont, which is where they wanted to go all along. Yes, that is true. They end up, they're, like, hitchhiking in Vermont in, like, snow gear. And Banks, after spending the entire movie wanting to be in Vermont like the whole time he's just been like when can we go to Vermont tell me more about Vermont tell me about the snow snow and maple syrup from trees and then he when he gets there he's just like ugh it's so cold here yeah why is it so cold yeah he instantly is claiming about the cold like this is what you wanted dummy he's the worst yeah agreed except for putter putter is the worst Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) it's honestly a toss-up there's a lot of like characters who who yeah who campaign to be like the worst character pretty much everyone in the movie is bad except for billy jean <laughs> yeah lloyd has a few like good moments well, it's funny the, the cop the the cop the main cop has like a few good moments yeah, he becomes good 
yeah, he, he, I think he, like, understands what he did. And, like, I like it the, um, when they have the, the outrageous chase scene in the mall. Oh, yeah. Which, like, of course, it's an 80s movie. There has to be a chase scene at the mall. I like that he was kind of willing to, like, put the money forward just to, like, end the situation and, like, make it so that she wasn't having to go on the lam anymore. I feel like he was a good person at heart. (laughs) Yeah. Which is more than we can say for a lot of the other adults in this movie. This is very much a movie about, like, adults versus kids. Yeah, Um, and not in, like, the fun romp that we're used to. Where they're, like, playing pranks on each other and stuff. No, this is, like, very serious. Like, adults are bad and take advantage of kids and yeah. kids are good yeah and we see it with like almost every single interaction with kids and adults in this movie that like yeah. the adults are always out they always have inter- ulterior motives they're always going to do the shady thing i don't know it's it's like a lot of it's about female empowerment but then a lot of it is also about youth empowerment and i feel like it has like a good message just encased in like a ton of garbage yes i, I would agree that it is an interesting movie like It tries to say a lot about, like, gender and class, um, even though it doesn't handle that maybe as delicately as it should. But, and also to try and just say, like, (laughs) all men are bad always. It's it's like, as much as it is female empowerment, it's also like, yeah, but men are shitty. (laughs) At no matter what age or circumstance, they're all, like, always bad. Yeah. So... Um. I get, I get what it was trying to do, and it's, I mean, it's cool. I feel like there's not a lot of these, like, cheesy 80s movies that are about, like, a girl or, like, a girl hero or whatever. So it's cool in that sense to see that it's, like, in that canon. Um, but it's also just a lot of nonsense. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, I... I think it's like it's just crazy that th- like like you what you said before um, when we were texting before like it's crazy that this movie got made at all in especially in the eighties that you know like right now we're still you know talking about the Becknell test and you know like women having like important roles in films and like talking to other women about things that aren't related to men and yeah. I feel like for nineteen eighty five the fact that they just made a movie about like this woman who's you know like on the run and she's doing her own thing and it's like there's kind of a romantic relationship with Lloyd but like not really it's just sort of like whatever yeah um so it's I think it's really interesting and like this was coming out at the same time as like a lot of other movies that were about youth rebels and stuff but it was always men and it was always shown in like a really masculine light and, and I think that's kind of, like, aside from the obvious faults of this movie, I think one of the reasons it, it didn't do well at the time is because it was trying to do that same sort of thing, but people weren't interested in seeing that from a feminine perspective. I Like, they, they wanted to kind of have, like, the grittiness of those, like, male-led movies, yeah. but people didn't, like, they didn't know what to do with it if it was, like, with a woman. Yeah. So. No, totally. Also, it's not a great movie, but, like, aside from that. Yeah. I was thinking, actually, I think I said before, I was like, oh, I I don't think this would get made today, but I kind of feel like it's the right time for it to be made today, now, just because it does seem so, like, forward-thinking that now it would be timely to do, like, an update of this. I agree. But, um, I I mean, I, I don't think anybody wants it. I wouldn't really want it, but it kind of seems more like a movie that'd be made now in an effort to capture, like, everything that, like, women are going through now, that it feels almost yeah. out of place, like, in the 80s, even though it is extremely 80s. 
yeah, that's the weird thing about it. It's so 80s. It's like a time capsule of the 80s. But then at the same time, like so many other movies that were coming out at the same time had such an outdated like view of gender relations and gender politics. And then this feels like completely out of left field with what it's trying to do. And I think honestly, like if you made this movie today, like if you, if, if I like submitted this script, but like updated it, um, and somebody made it, you, like, you wouldn't even have to tell people it was a remake. You could just, like, present it as an original film and no one would know. Like, that's how little people know about this movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not, not advocating for that, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely know. interesting. It, it would be, I, f- I feel like it, it makes sense more definitely today yeah. than it did in the 80s. Yeah. And I also think um, the guy who, I can't remember, I was reading this, the guy who wrote it or the guy who um, directed it, I can't remember which, I think the writer was like a former blacklisted writer from, you know, earlier during the McCarthy era. Yeah. And people were talking about how that's why like the Strom film has such like a strong sense of like justice um, because of like his personal experiences with injustice. And so I was like, ah. That's that's kind of interesting. Um, there's so many elements of this movie that I, I, I just wish the movie was better because it has, like, some strong themes, I guess I would say. Yeah, definitely some strong themes. Um, not gonna lie, when I first started watching it, I was like, is this the right movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, when I started rewatching it, if I didn't know that Christian Slater and, like, Helen Slater were in it, like, if I didn't recognize them, I would have been like oh, wait, but is this is this the one that I watched when I was a kid? Because I want to say the first 15, 20 minutes of it are just straight made-for-TV drama. And then yeah. it sort of has, like, a little bit of an upswing when they're getting into, like, the social justice movement stuff and they're first on the run. And then it kind of doesn't really know what to do with that and falls off again. It has, like, a few high points where it's more engaging than others but the beginning part of it is definitely like very ham-fisted acting and like wait what's happening yeah also everyone's really sweaty a lot and there's a couple times uh between christian and helen slater i was like is this gonna be like an incest movie like is this where we're going (laughs) could you imagine Um, if i recommended this to you and like it was that and i didn't mention (laughs) it beforehand like i didn't say that that's where it was going (laughs) well i mean when we watched uh i mean i guess i you were up front with chances are i think i sold it to you on that about that being really weird (laughs) that being like a weird pseudo incest movie yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i would have i mean we would have we would have talked about it if it was, but yeah, <laughs> just a couple of times they're they're touching and their glances seemed more than brother and sister. I think Christian Slater, when he made this movie, he thought he was he was fated to marry Helen Slater because they already had the mm. same last name, and it just made sense to him. Yeah, I get that's that's you know that's sound logic. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Um, yeah, this movie is if you, I don't if you look online, there's a bunch of people who are like they they've written articles like advocating for this movie to have like a larger role in like feminist um, critique of like 1980s yeah. films and like it should have like a, a better place in 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 film history because of that element of it. So it's interesting to see people like really really advocate for it online because it's such a little known movie but i get why people like it like i get it's it is very like female empowerment and i think seeing it's one of those when you see it when you're younger you get attached to it um and you kind of let 
the camp of its slide a little bit more. Because you don't even notice it when you're a kid. Yeah, because you're like, yeah, adults are terrible. Like, fuck this system. Fair's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep, that's 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 the that's the slogan. Um, What else? Oh, there's a lot of denim in this movie, and I know that it's a mid '80s period piece, if you will. Um, But and there's a lot of like half shirts, which I didn't quite understand. Um, Billie Jean's attire at the beginning of the film, I don't even know if it qualifies as a half shirt. It's, like, what they have her wearing for a quote-unquote feminist film is a little exploitative, Uh, but... It's a lot, but I don't want to shame her, uh, her outfit choices. Yeah, yeah, no. Also, a lot of, like, guys wearing super, super short shorts... Yeah, which and just um, acting like it was totally normal. Have you seen Call Me By Your Name? Yes, I have. Delightful movie. All I could think about was Army Hammer, um, <laughs> like because <laughs> of the short shorts, and then like the controversy around the short shorts, and like things yeah. needing to be like CGI'd out because of how uh-huh. short the shorts were. Yup. So <laughs> that that was what immediately good came stuff. to mind. Um, I. I liked this, like, layout of Texas, I feel like, but I feel like there's a couple of times where I was like, oh, this is definitely California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, but still good, still, you know, Americana, you know, and I feel like that, that, that's another reason why I would kind of play today is because there's been obviously this movement to try and understand Trump voters. I mean, we don't really need to. They're bad people. But there's been this movement to be like the white, like poor, <laughs> like blah, 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 blah. So I feel like this would capitalize on that pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, very, like, anthropology-based, cultural anthropology-based exploration <laughs> of the Southern poor and why yeah, they do what they do. It, sponsored by the New York Times. Yep. Um, there's two sides to every story, which actually is important in journalism, but maybe they're going too far. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be, like, a good, like, for, you know, basically it's like a, a movie of he said, she said, and that's clearly in the conversation right now. Yeah. So... That would be interesting to see, I would think. Yeah, it it really does feel like it is a movie that hits all of the themes that would be super relevant in 2018. But I can't imagine watching this as a kid. Yeah, um, I definitely watched it as, I don't even want to say a teenager. I want to say like a child. Like That is, it's like, I mean, but at the same time, I guess, <laughs> I've, I mean, I was just watching Back to the Future today and we've talked about that on the pod. And, like, you know, there is attempted rape in that and a lot of gun violence. So I guess it's, that's pretty on par with this movie. But, like, the bananas thing about this is that I, when I rewatched this to, to, to do this on the pod, I completely did not remember anything to do with, with attempted rape in the movie. Like, I remembered her going... Maybe they didn't show that part on TV. I think it was on, like, HBO, so I think they would have. But I, I remembered her going to collect the money, being, like, taken upstairs, and then, like, struggling to get away from him. But I feel like when I was a kid, I just thought he was going to hurt her. Like, I didn't understand, oh, yeah. like, the sexual element of the crime. I just thought he was, like, gonna hit her or something. And she's yeah. trying to get away. And so, like, when I watched this last night, I was like, wait, <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a thing that happened. And I remembered, like, very specific moments of this movie. I remembered the the mall chase scene. I remembered when they go to the guy's house and he's got, like, the 
the the werewolf mask on and he's got all the film equipment and I remember her cutting her hair and I remember Christian yeah. Slater getting shot and then like mm-hmm. almost everything else I only had like bits and pieces of. I feel like I remembered the best parts of the movie probably. <laughs> yeah the most like kid like appealing I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like mall chase is just like oh yes I-, I would love to be in a mall chase as a kid. <laughs> yeah where you like throw the marbles out to make people fall. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, that chase scene was very like cartoony also because of the marbles and like getting the fake gun at the toy store and it was, and having to like go through the fountain. I was like yeah. And they is, left like I-, I thought it was so sweet and innocent and that they left IOUs at like every place where they took things from like they took walkie talkies and they left like we IOU for two walkie talkies for three batteries it was just like oh bless your little hearts that's why this movie is also strange because it goes from like really really dark points to like silly chases through fountains with rebel yell playing in the background (laughs) and it's it's bizarre it is a strange movie it is pretty weird also i think there's a scene where they're watching glow and that made me really happy because i like that netflix series (laughs) and i was like wait no they're watching it (laughs) that's amazing is there anything else you think we didn't cover or did we kind of get to the crux of billy jean i think we covered it i think we i think the main takeaways are weird tone weird movie weirdly progressive yeah um i probably will not watch again that's being honest that's okay that that doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, I think um, that's a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I got. Oh, well, okay. After we do this, should we do a little uh, news related to another movie series that we covered on this podcast? Uh, yeah. I wonder what you're going to bring up. <laughs> Great. Do you have anything? Did it hold up? Did you, Are you glad that we did this? Yeah, I'm, I felt like I knew even if you didn't like it, that it would be at least like a fun movie to talk about. Like, because it's it's so weird. It is weird that it basically doesn't exist. And I've never heard of this movie. I have never heard anyone talk about this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a lost, forgotten movie, <laughs> especially since it has like Christian Slater's pretty well known. Lisa Simpson, pretty, like, yeah. recognizable voice-wise. Um, yeah. Helen Slater's, like, you know, she's still acting and stuff. It's not like she's disappeared. Right. So it's not like it starred a bunch of people that no one's ever heard of from the 80s. So yeah. pretty pretty standard, like, 80s cast, I would say. I do like Christian Slater, though. Although I only watched the first, like, four episodes of Mr. Robot, and then I was like, I'm over this. It's, this is This is boring. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's a show that I've kind of been like, oh, yeah, I should watch that. And then... And I also, like, guessed the, like, twist. Okay. (laughs) Within, like, the first episode. I was like, this is so... This is so... This is what it is. Like, this is obvious. Yeah. I won't give it away. um, Hopefully I'll watch it and immediately identify the twist, too. Yeah. It's not... It's not hard. (laughs) Okay. But he's good. Chris, he's got that good... uh, That meme from a couple years ago. Yeah. the awards show where he was just like blinking yeah yeah he's got a good face um i was saying he should come on stranger things season three for to be winona's new love interest so it's sean Aston's dead are they trying to pair her off with david harbour uh probably but this would be christian slater come in and be like competition would he be competition slash a secret villain or just yes yes yeah no secret villain a thousand percent got it you can't have him not be a secret villain could you imagine if you had christian slater in a show like stranger things and he wasn't secretly and he was like actually good yeah no just like a stand-up guy like sean world yeah, no. <laughs> they already did that, so they have to do something new. But you wouldn't expect it if they did it twice in a row and they had Christian Slater as the guy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> or they should have had Christian Slater be like the their dad, like her ex. Mm, he really does to need to, to be in that show. Yeah, I mean everybody else is doing it. Yeah, I think it'd be, I think he'd be good on it, even if it's just like one episode and he's like one of the scary um, like lab people. He'd be good at that too. Yeah, I could see that. He just seems I mean, like he belongs in that universe. Yeah, just in our world now, he belongs in the Stranger Things universe. <laughs> he might just exist in the Stranger Things universe. And he's I not really that. a person. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll, we will never know. Christian, if you'd like to come on the podcast, uh, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Unless you're stuck in the Upside Down, we don't want to. Unless you're in the Upside Down, in which case we'll let you deal with that in your own time. We can reschedule. Okay. Okay. Are we done with Billie Jean at least for, for a second so I can have a, we can talk about other pod news yes i think we can like bang the gavel the we are the meeting is adjourned on billy jean fair is fair fair is fair <laughs> okay so previously on this podcast we talked about the indiana jones films the indiana jones trilogy and then one other film which has the title indiana jones but i don't know if it deserves it but turns out good old our good friend steven spielberg's next project is gonna be uh indy five so it's official. They said it a while ago that they that he wanted to do it by 2020, but they didn't really have. I still don't think they have a script. At that when they made this announcement like last year or the year before, they didn't have a script. And I think George Lucas still has to approve the story idea, and I don't think they had that. So, yeah. but Spielberg says we're doing it, and that means presumably Harrison Ford's doing it. Yeah, getting the gang back together. There was a bit of a like a thing like is Steven Spielberg going to make West Side Story first, or is he going to do Indy Five? And I think he, you know, he made the decision that there's a bit of a not to be morbid but there's a little bit of a time crunch when it comes to indy uh, five yep so no that's not morbid at all that's full. a thousand percent true and i feel like musicals would just take longer inherently production wise so i feel like he can do what he did with the post and kind of double dip yeah and i mean like west side story like if it comes out in 2020 or 2022 like it doesn't matter like, the people who are going to see it are going to see it in whatever year it comes out. It's fine. And also, this is the fifth Indiana Jones. I feel like he, he kind of knows what he's doing. It's oh, not yeah. going to take him that long <laughs> to oh, yeah. get back into the rhythm once they decide on what they should do. Yeah, decide, like, what Although, aliens they're going to bring in. Okay, and... so this is what this is what I think they should do. I texted this to you. I think they got to do Atlantis because we he found all the other, like, big treasures that people know. You know what yeah. I mean? That are, like, kind of based in history but also a little bit mythical like atlantis is a big one yeah i i think that would be really cool like if they did that what time period would you think this movie would be made in like or well, would be i think it's, i think it's gonna have to be the 60s right because they were in the 50s for crystal skull and it's not that far after crystal skull um so i would guess maybe 60s like hippie counterculture so presumably Shia LaBeouf will not be returning um, yeah. because of the massive dislike amongst uh-huh. everyone who made that movie. Everyone, everyone in the movie, and also he hated everybody else on the movie. So yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think Shia will be back. So, but, but I think that maybe this is what this is what should happen. Um, you know, they have to hire a new professor in the Department of Archaeology at Marshall College, which is where Indy teaches. And uh, there's this girl comes in and she's like all hippie and like peace and like plants and the environment and stuff. But she's really smart and she like knows about Atlantis and is like, yo, I hear you. I hear you're, a, you know, an expert of the occult. <laughs> Let's go find this thing. Talk around and campus Indi- <laughs> that you are a master of the occult. 
obtainer of rare antiquities. Um, yeah, so just have it be a lady archaeologist. Is not she related to him in any capacity? I don't know. It could be she's his daughter of like a one night stand because he is a ladies man, contrary to popular belief. But they already kind of did that with Mutt, so I don't know if it's necessary and it might be a good way to have some like fresh blood you know what they could do um this is just off the top of my head okay they mm-hmm. recast mm-hmm. mutt and it's yeah. you know it's like an older actor <laughs> and it's alden Ehrenreich. it's uh <laughs> yes um 100 that's it um so they cast they cast you know an actor maybe in his like early 30s to play adam driver the new mutt yes <laughs> and oscar Isaac. actually in this story, yet Indy and Marion had twin, had uh, three sons. <laughs> so, so they recast Mutt. It's 